Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Kraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening where we continue our reflections into this special topic of mercy. At your request, we are talking about this chief attribute of God, and, and this is the third installment this evening. How The first installment, we were just about offering up a general definition of mercy, a definition that comes to us from sacred scripture. Last week, we looked carefully at um, a great agent of mercy in the 20th century in St. Maximilian Kolbe, and we also kick-started our reflections into the corporal works of mercy. And, and what I want to do this evening is continue our reflections into the corporal works of mercy. And to do this right, I thought it would be good to go back and really review what that first corporal work of mercy uh, was about, feed the hungry, so that we might better understand what the second corporal work of mercy is about in giving drink to the thirsty. But uh, before we engage that, um, I do want to continue to welcome all of you who are tuning in um, by way of podcast, not only in our local region of Northern California and the state of California, uh, but also nationally and internationally. It really is a great joy for me to be journeying with you in this great adventure we call Christianity and Catholicism. So uh, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your time. It really is an honor to be journeying with you. And, and with that, let us take up uh, once again what these corporal works of mercy are all about. Um, they, of course, are found in the teachings of Jesus, and give us a model for how we should treat all others, as if they were Christ in disguise, uh, as if they were Christ in disguise. So what is the first corporal work of mercy? Well, I just touched upon it, feed the hungry. You know, there are many people in this world today that are without food. In point of fact, as I noted last week, and these are important figures for us to just kind of sit with, think about, so that they might sink in. 22,000 children die each day due to poverty, and they die quietly in, in some of the poorest villages on earth, far removed from the scrutiny and the conscience of the world today. There are 2.2 billion children in the world, and 1 billion of those 2.2 children live in what we would call extreme poverty. Infectious diseases continue to blight the lives of the poor across the world. Every year, there are 350 to 500 million cases of malaria, with one million fatalities, mostly in Africa. Brothers and sisters, every 10 seconds, every 10 seconds, a child dies from hunger-related diseases. You want to know what that means? Since we've started this radio program, 25 children have died because of hunger-related diseases. Think about that. We should start regarding this as an issue, something we need to be present to. The poverty of our tummies and the consequence of such poverty, death and disease, is rampant. Rampant. There are so many things we can do and so many things we can be present to. Huh? We have to be careful about something. There are so many goods out there, but I could never say it enough. Not every good is a willed good. If you want to do one thing well, 
or maybe two, then do one or two things. Don't do five, six, seven things at once because you won't do the one or two things well. You'll do five, six, seven things poorly. Ask God, what are you calling me to do? And yes, there are things we can do. At the very least, at the very least, when so much of our food goes to waste, we are obliged to consider how we practice the virtue of stewardship and how practicing the virtue of stewardship can benefit others who do not have the resources we have. So what are things we can do in the global context? Well, research, identify, and contribute financially to organizations that in a very concrete way serve the hungry. And in organizations that are in it for themselves, one of the things that we are finding today is that there are all these charitable organizations and they pull from the money they receive more than they should. And there isn't as much charity going out as there should be. So do your homework there. I really want you to be prudent on that. One of the things we discover, and it's such a beautiful point about Christianity, you will not only be feeding the poor, but you will find new friends in the process. You'll find new friends in the process. This is the beauty of giving. Every time you give, you receive. Why? Because that's the mathematics behind God's love. It's addition by subtraction. The more we let go of what we have, the more we receive. This is the wonder and beauty of God's love. Because the nature of God's love is other-centered. It functions in that capacity. It just gives itself away. The more you give away, the more God's love abides within you. Beautiful. Second, if you have the means, go on a mission trip. Go on a mission trip to regions where extra hands are needed. Once again, you will give, but you will also receive. Now, how about our local neighborhoods? Huh? What can we do locally for our homeless? Brothers and sisters, sacrifice the gift of your time. Go to your homeless shelters and food pantries. Sacrifice the gift of your time. We hold so closely to this precious pearl of time. How about sacrificing the gift of your time? Huh? There are 1,400 minutes in a day. We roughly sleep away 400 minutes. That gives us approximately 1,000 minutes to give glory to God. We need to be praying, entering into the sacramental life of the church, that we might be strengthened to do what God is asking us to do. And out from that, look around you in your local neighborhoods and ask the question, what more can I do? What more can I do? Second, how about trying to buy a little less for yourself and a little more for those who are starving in your streets? Little sacrifices go a long way. And once again, a point that can never be overemphasized. I know for some of us, this is very hard because we encounter the poor in our streets and we are afraid that they will use our money on their addictions. Huh? But if in fact we meet Christ in the poor, then why not take Christ out to eat? If you have time, experience the encounter. Enter into the encounter. All of these things, once again, we will come back to in uh, that great corporal work of mercy of sheltering the homeless. Lastly, 
as it relates to feed the hungry? Do we consider our own homes within this corporal work of mercy? What do I mean? Does not your father or mother who works fulfill this work of mercy? Does not your father or mother who cooks fulfill this work of mercy? We could rightfully say that it is in the love we learn from our parents and how they provide for us that we might better understand what this work of mercy is all about, what this work of mercy looks like in the larger picture. Hmm? All very important. Okay, now, how about this second corporal work of mercy, give drink to the thirsty? Now, this is Matthew 25, 35, huh? Give food to the poor, give drink to the thirsty. Well, much of what we just talked about in that first corporal work of mercy very much applies to this second corporal work of mercy, giving drink to the thirsty. But in saying that, there are distinctions between food and drink, especially as it relates to our current situation of water. You know, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ do not have access to clean water and suffer from the lack of this basic necessity. Once again, we have some staggering numbers. 663 million people lack access to basic clean water. 2.4 billion people have no sanitation. Each day, each day, my friends, nearly a thousand children die due to preventable water and sanitation-related diarrhea diseases. Huh. I hope these numbers grip you. I, I really do. You know, often on the radio, we are so focused on, in a more general sense, what this doctrine means or what that doctrine means. But we have to start thinking about these corporal works of mercy and how they are calling us to be a better version of who God is calling us to be. And at the very least, it calls out this spirit of complacency. I don't know about you, but I like being comfortable. I like being comfortable. But here's the problem for me and for all of us who like being comfortable. We're not made for comfort. We're made for greatness. We're not made for, for convenience. We're made for service. It's so easy just to plop ourselves on the couch, go on this uh, Netflix binge-watching, huh? or this Amazon binge-watching, or, or maybe we like to play Xbox, or maybe it's just some random computer game. Let us ask ourselves this question. Is this what we were made for? Is this what we were made for? Is this how God wants us spending our time? You know, we are in Holy Week, and if there is ever a time where we are made to reflect more critically into how we spend our time, it is in the here and now, my friends. It is in the here and now. And if you've never asked that question before, ask it anew today, right now. Benedict XVI once said, the greatest gift of Christianity is the present moment, and entering into that present moment for what it is, a present, <laughs> a gift that God has given to us. Brothers and sisters, God wants us to be uncomfortable. God wants us to be challenged. Challenges are uncomfortable, but challenges draw out who we are called to be. So be mindful of this as we continue to reflect into these corporal works of mercy. Because I know, my friends, for many of us, these corporal works of mercy make us uncomfortable. 
And that's the idea, right? This is the logic of the gospel. This is the logic of mercy. We so desire mercy. And what does Jesus say? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You want mercy? Give it away. Huh? <laughs> Again, this is God's logic of love. You know, here in the state of California, over the past year, we have had to cut back on our water usage. And it is incredible how easy it is for us to complain. And, and I'm included in this. It was a real shakeup and, and, and reality check for me, as I know it has been for others. I mean, we still have so much and so many others, as the aforementioned numbers illustrate, have so little. The pinch of poverty that we may have experienced, we have to see as a gift, a gift that is kind of like a door that we are to walk through, that we might begin to see things differently. I cannot help but think right now about Pope Francis and how he's brought the corporal works of mercy to the forefront. And if there's anything we are to appreciate in this pontificate, it is that. Huh? It is that. He came to us as the bishop and cardinal of the slums. And as such, we are made to focus on the meaning of that. We are made to focus on the very fact that at the time of his papacy, he came to us from the poorest region in the whole world. Oh, there are many very poor regions. I believe in my heart of hearts that our Lord wanted us to see something by bringing to us this man who comes to us from the poorest region of the world. He is saying to us, wake up to the corporal works of mercy. That being said, in the light of this giving drink to the thirsty, we should be tirelessly working and supporting efforts of those working towards greater accessibility of this essential resource of water. So what are more things we can do? And I'm going to draw a little bit from the USCCB and the number of recommendations they make. So first, maybe we can help build wells for those in need of water. I mean, if you have the capacity to do so, or you know someone, something to be present to. Perhaps we can organize a group of children involved on a sports team, soccer, basketball, baseball, or a summer camp. Invite them to collect bottled water to distribute at a shelter for families. And if we as parents can be involved, we ought to accompany our children in delivering the water to the families. Because once again, the corporal works of mercy are about the encounter, are about the encounter. If you are a leader of a youth and young adult group, and you are not doing it already, raise awareness in this area by fundraising, huh? Fundraising for those who don't have much in the form of sanitation. And lastly, most especially in light of what I was just talking about as relates to this pinch of poverty we are experiencing here in the state of California, make the earnest effort not to waste water by remembering to do simple things, turning off the water faucet when you're brushing your teeth, or maybe instead of running the dishwasher, wash your dishes. Uh, go figure, this archaic thing, <laughs> there's a lot of good in that, huh? All right, how about this third corporal work of mercy, shelter the homeless? Uh, to some extent, this kind of brings us back a little bit to the first corporal work of mercy and what we were just talking about. But before I engage the actual homeless piece, let me first say a word about the second half of Matthew twenty-five thirty-five. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. You know, we go about our day at work, 
running errands, going to our son's ball game, so on and so forth. And we meet all sorts of people that we have never seen before, and they are strangers to us. Or worse, maybe we belong to a school community that really isn't much of a community for you because you make no effort to reach out to them. Let us stop and consider that it is time for us to see those within our circles that we pass each and every day and those persons that we see for the first time as no longer strangers, but our siblings in Christ that we ought to start reaching out to. You know, even if it is a simple doctor's visit and you see some folks for the first time, why not a smile? Enter into the apostolate of the smile. I wonder if at times we have forgotten how to smile. You know, I know I at times have. Lord knows I've been there. So caught up in, in what we need to do, we forget about who we are and, and where we are going. And God's grace, let us see the importance of lifting up our head and putting a smile on our face that we might put an extra pep in someone's step by simply saying hi to them or in some cases, in some cases, more specific to our relationships, saying, I am sorry. You know, in that simple passage, Christ is saying that I have come that no longer will anyone be your stranger. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, as we're talking about this apostolate of the smile, I should make a point here. It's never really enough to just put a smile on your face, right? (laughs) I say that, but I, I don't want to lose sight of an essential point because a smile on our face is really the fruit of joy, right? It is God abiding within us. So it is something that comes naturally. We could say it this way. The smile is the sacrament of joy. Think of it that way. All right, that being said, as it relates to sheltering the homeless, there are many circumstances that could lead someone to becoming a person without a home. Today's homelessness especially, (laughs) most especially, is never to be reduced to just the economically dislocated. Um, One of the things that I have discovered here in the city of Chico is many young adults actually choose to be homeless under this misguided understanding of freedom. The only way to really discover what is going on inside the homeless person is to enter into that overarching truth of what it means to be a Christian, huh? By entering into the logic of mercy, the logic of love, the logic of the encounter. You know, Christ encourages us to go out and meet those without homes, affirming their worth and helping them seek a resolution to the challenges they face. Now, for some of us, in its very technical sense, This work of mercy might be difficult because it might not always be prudent to just take anyone in. And saying that, I do believe that we should not just shove this point to the side, though. I mean, we might actually be called to take someone in because God does call us to look at our situations and discern the possibility if we should or should not take someone in. Okay, so don't just shove that one to the side. Think about that. I'm saying that at the very least, there is much we can do in its material form. Once again, reflecting into some of the ideas that are given to us from the USCCB, which is the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, Uh, they meet on an annual basis and they they come up with these very good ideas based upon their own discernment and reflection. So these are more ideas from the USCCB. First, 
See if your parish or diocese is involved with a local homeless shelter and volunteer sometime. Once again, my friends, here we are talking about the gift of time. Most cities have some kind of homeless shelter that we can give our time to and help out in some way, shape, or form. So look into that. Second, donate some money to organizations that build homes for those who need shelter. Certainly Habitat for Humanity um, is a big one, and they do a lot of great work. I know in my own experiences with Habitat for Humanity, it has been a transforming experience, and I really encourage um, you out there, if you have not been involved with Habitat for Humanity, to get involved with Habitat for Humanity um, in some way. At the very least, discern, once again, if that's something that God is calling you to do. Incidentally, my friends, we have used the word discernment a lot. What does that word mean, just discernment? In the Latin, it literally means to come to understand. So when we say discern something, what you're doing is taking a situation before God and coming to understand what God is asking from you, right? Very important. What else can we do, huh? Well, consider that many homeless shelters need warm blankets for their beds. Maybe you can knit or, or, or sew an extra loving gift, another opportunity to really enter into this corporal work of mercy. Now, if <laughs> there is anything that has been brought to our attention of late, it is that there are millions of children and families who are on the move, most especially from the Middle East, fleeing from, from war, illness, hunger, and impossible living conditions, and searching for peace and safety. Engage parish groups of children, youth, young adults, and families in doing something, even if it's just a little research to get the ball rolling, so as to bring about something for someone. Contact Catholic Social Services. Reach out to your local diocesan offices for peace and justice, and ask what you can do. Seek ways to provide shelter for the homeless. This can happen locally, regionally, nationally, internationally. And don't, my friends, get so caught up in the politics of this that we forget that at its core, it is a fundamental Christian value to embrace what this gospel passage is all about, Matthew 25, 35. Huh? Please don't forget that. I know people who tell me, well, this politician has endorsed that, or that politician has endorsed this, and we don't enter into it because then we think we're supporting a politician. That's a bunch of hogwash. Brothers and sisters, understand this. If it comes to us from the gospel, no matter what political party has its affiliation, it's the right thing to do. Even if you think a certain political party has hijacked the meaning of social justice or has twisted the meaning of social justice, Understand that in the eyes of God, he wants us entering into these first three corporal works of mercy. Because in doing so, what are we doing? We're doing it to Christ. We're loving Christ. Remember what I said in the outset, huh? You did it to me. Christ in disguise. Christ incognito, right? Incognito. But with the eyes of faith. But with the eyes of faith we might actually see Jesus in the poor. He comes to us. He comes to us in the poor. And this, again, is what this time has been made for as we reflect deeper into the corporal works of mercy. Next week, we will pick up with this corporal work of mercy, visit the sick very much, corporal work of mercy that is tied to the first three. But once again, 
a work of mercy that has its distinction. And we'll draw out that distinction next week. Let us go ahead and close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we've come before you in the spirit of thanksgiving, in thanksgiving for the gift of the time that you have provided for us for another evening where we can reflect into the richness of your mercy. We pray for the grace that we might find ourselves going deeper into your mercy during this extraordinary jubilee year of mercy, that these corporal works of mercy might actually be sown in our heart, that we open up ourselves to how we might serve you anew this day, this moment, this hour, that we might leave our car, our, our radio, exploring ways in which we can better serve you. And we pray for the grace that you might lift the scales from our eyes, that we might see what you want us to see. We pray for that grace of desire, that our desire actually matches your desire to bring love to the body of Christ. These are prayers. This is a conversation, our whole exploration of mercy. We can call a prayer to you, Heavenly Father, because it is a conversation with your very heart, your heart of mercy. And we close in the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And we turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.